Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and a very warm welcome to you on this Sunday evening to the Red and Blue Review. My name is Nick Philpott. I'm your host for the next hour and I'll shortly be joined by some usual ones and some unusual ones that we haven't seen for a while. So I hope you're all well. Uh, don't forget you can find us at any time by simply going to our Red and Blue Review uh, webpage and find our entire back catalogue of shows that we've done previously, including good interviews with uh, Steve Koppel, John Solarco, and, so, and quite a few others. So please jump onto our website and have a look at this. You'll find us on our YouTube channel, of course, on all the Facebook groups. And if you're watching, listening back on your commute to work on Tuesday morning, because it's a bank holiday tomorrow, uh, hope you you hope you enjoy the show. I can see a few of you joining us out there. Daniel Garlic, good evening to you. Dawn, how are you? Graham Kitchers out there. Hi, buddy. I hope you're well. Uh, Tim Davis, Mark Callahan, Tom Clark, Samuels out there, and everybody else. Is any Greg? Is anybody else going to join us this evening? Because it's getting quite lonely on my own. Ah, oh, <laughs> hello, Jill. Good evening, mate. You're all right, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right, buddy. Nice to see you. Thank um, you all. Nice to see you. And good evening, Ian Noble. Oh my good God! <laughs> good evening, Ian Noble. How are you doing? Evening, Nick. Evening, everyone. I'm good, thank you. Um, very well indeed. We have a we have a we have a new we have a new guest on the show tonight. Like I said in the preamble, ladies and gentlemen, we have some uh, the usually some of the regulars and some not so regulars. Ian playing and tinkling on his ivories there. Ian Lyons, welcome back, mate. How are you? Not too bad. Good to see the old gang back. We're all here, mate. We're all here. We never go anywhere. It's you that keeps disappearing and coming back again. And in the background, of course, we have producer Greg Ellis. Greg, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how, how, how are you all? All good, mate, all good. I hope the family are well. I hope the family are well. So, we are going to be looking back on yesterday's 1-1 draw. I don't know why I'm saying 1-1 draw, because it's always a bloody draw against that lot uh, away at Brentford. And to Ian Noble and anybody else that actually went to the game yesterday, please accept my congratulations. The weather conditions, I think we described pre-show as biblical. Uh, they were absolutely monsoon. I mean, I was, I was listening to it on the radio. All I could hear was the noise of the rain coming, hitting the roof of the stands that they were broadcasting from. So they were having real trouble with their sound, very simply because of the weather conditions. So congratulations to you all. Um, Ian, how was it over there? Noble yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was good. Um we didn't get wet getting into the ground, which was uh, the first objective. Uh, there's a bit of feedback somewhere on this call tonight. I don't know where it's coming from, but it really is feedback. Um, so mute if you're not talking, I would suggest, guys. Um, yeah, so um, the rain started about midway through the first half, early in the first half. Uh, and when it came down, as you say, unbelievable. You know, biblical proportions, as I said earlier, that, that rain, it was ridiculous. And at one point you think, actually, can they play in this? It was that bad. Um, and then next minute, sunshine, you know, so it was very much a stand in the rain and stand in the sun. We are South London's number one yesterday was a was a favourite song, I think. Yeah, very good indeed, mate. Very good. Um, a little bit of housekeeping before we start. Uh, for those of you who are not at work tomorrow, Crystal Palace under 21s face Fulham under 21s in SE25. Tomorrow, Monday the 28th of August, kickoff is at one o'clock uh, lunchtime. Uh, looking to build on a dramatic 3-2 opening day that we covered last week against Man United. When Palace and Fulham met in the under-21s last season, they shared seven goals between them in the two fixtures. So an entertaining match lies in store. Get yourselves down there if you can and support the guys because uh, don't forget, I think we also had a... Uh, record crowd there when the under 21s played at Sellers last was it last season? I believe so. So, um, Ian, maybe my, Ian Noble, maybe you kick us off with the uh, the match details and the match stats. Greg, I'm, not, I'm sure you've got some uh images there of uh from yesterday. So, over to you, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, Joe, uh, Ian, Nick, just just let me know if you want to chip in at any time rather than me uh go on and on about the game, but um. Yeah, I think we started brightly enough, to be fair. Um, as a, um, an eye who combined well and fed Edouard early doors um, up the other end to us in the first half, attacking the uh, the, the home end. And um, he sort of fluffed his lines from where I was sitting 
but when you look at it back, it was it was a it was a difficult chance. You know, there were defenders that did really well around him. So that was a that was a good move. Um, I thought Tyrick Mitchell had another good game, Joe. We talked about him on Tuesday, didn't we? How well he played against Arsenal. He had another good game yesterday and kept Brian Mbumo quiet. Now, Mbumo, if you play fantasy, you'll know that he's the next best thing. Everyone's raving about him, how great he is. And certainly in the first two Brentford games of this season, he delivered. But we kept him completely quiet yesterday and he didn't really have much of a chance to get on the score sheet or assist himself. So that was part of the reason we, we did okay yesterday. Um, Eze then had a soft shot on target, but, you know, it was typical Eze. You know, he runs through, he picks the ball up deep, you know, he drops his shoulder and he gets away from his uh, marker. Uh, but it was a f- relatively tame effort on goal um, that their keeper dealt with comfortably. Um, and then came their goal on 18 minutes. Um, probably you could argue against the run of play. It was a really good cross-field ball from one of their guys to their their German player, Schader, I think you say his name. And uh, whilst we're all raving about the other two, Wister is the other one that's caught the headlines uh, for Brentford. But this guy, um, he hadn't scored for Brentford before yesterday. And he picked the ball up on the left wing and he just ran inside. It was almost Zaha-esque what he did with the ball. Uh, and, um, you know, Joel Wall got criticised afterwards for not getting a foot in, but he didn't really do much wrong. He was jockeying him. He was keeping him, uh, you, know, you know, where he thought he should have him. Uh, and then he shot, you know, cut inside on his right foot. Unstoppable. Really great goal, Nick. Yeah, I disagree with what you just said there. Joel didn't do anything wrong. He should have showed him out. He should have showed him on the outside. He showed him on the inside. The guy cut in and did what quite, what you actually said uh, Zaha would do. He didn't. Sh- he didn't show him out. He showed him in, and that's what he got away from him. Go on, Joe. Argue. I don't have to argue. I just say that um, everybody's favourite at the moment, Jordan Ayew. Um, watch it. Watch the go. Watch from the camera behind. He embarrassed himself yesterday. He didn't help. He, he hardly helps uh, Walls. And he's in that situation. As soon as he cut in to put it on his right foot, watch him. Watch Ayew. Stands there and looks at him. I'd rather have kicked him and give him a penalty. But, the, and again, the, 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 like you say, the goal, the goal was very reminiscent of uh, of the goal that Wilf scored against Huddersfield, I think, about three or four years ago. Uh, ladies ladies and gentlemen, it's now, it's now eight minutes past eight and Gerald's already dissing Jordan Ayew. I think that must be... No, I'm not, I'm not no, dissing. No, listen, we thought listen, we had listen. a reasonable game yesterday, but... But just watch the replay. You're supposed to. He's where the where Jordan Ayew plays. He is supposed to help wherever. Either the left back if he's on the left or the right back if he's on the right. And he didn't do either. He didn't do anything yesterday. Offensively, he was just he was as good as what he was last week. But he's supposed to help. Mr. Lyons, your what your thoughts, Mr. Lyons, please. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I use a changed man. He smiled twice in the whole ninety minutes. I mean, this is this is the this is the future. Um, but I agree with Joe. Uh, he he just doesn't do enough for me. Still running back, puts a lot of effort in. But the original interjection was because yeah, well you're right. Um, you're actually starting to understand the game, Nick. It's uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't show it. as a def- as a defender, he didn't show him down the outside. He allowed him to cut in. To be fair, the guy started, he, he was a cracking shot, and there's not much Johnson could have done with it. Uh, wasn't it the only shot they had on target all game as well? Yeah, something like that. There weren't many so, others. Yeah. He wasn't tested okay. for sure. Okay, well, how did it look from your executive box here? Yeah, my executive box. I saw your comment earlier. Yeah, I wasn't in an executive box, but uh, <laughs> I'll tell you who was in an executive box yesterday. High money, and, that, and she deserves every executive treatment she gets from uh, Crystal right. Palace. So uh, that, that was great. Um, but we did have very good seats. Um, Grant always sorts us very good seats at Brentford for the last three years. We had the same same couple of rows at the front um, on, on the side bit. But, uh, yeah, it was right in front of us. And, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Nick, about Joel Ward sh- should have shown him down the outside. But the, you've got to give the, the attacker credit for what he did. He, he, you know, it was, it was really it was uh, a good goal. It was a good goal. But, but I also absolutely, Joe, you stole my thunder because I've got it written down here in my notes. Are you tracking back? He, he could have got a foot in. If you watch the watch the watch the tape of it, are you sort of goes to make a challenge and he realizes I think he's in the penalty area and he pulls back and he actually just, yeah. he, he just followed through a bit. He would have done enough to put the guy off. I think from getting the shot away. 
So uh, Jordan Iron for me, really culpable there in, in the fact that we that we did concede, but it was a very, very good goal. Um, and as I said earlier, against the run of play. Um, and that's the first time in, in five meetings in Premier League um, era since we've been playing Brentford in the Premier League that we've been behind against them. You know, in the in the other four games, two of them were nil-nil, two of them were one-one, and we went in front in both the others. So um, interesting that how we responded to you know a very good Brentford side having gone behind against them, and of course we didn't we didn't our heads didn't drop we carried on um, kept to the game plan. Um, it was an Anderson cross. Um, are you headed wide? You know, maybe you should have done better. Um, and then I'm going to use this term a couple of times today: a, a mazy run. Eze, um, a mazy run from the left, was blocked. He came inside, um, did really well, but the guys blocked him. Uh, then Wissa headed over, came at him quite quickly, but, you know, uh, if it hadn't come at him quite so quick, it could have been 2-0. Um, and the rain at this stage, you know, just before half-time, unbelievable. It really was, um, really was very heavy. There was thunder, there was lightning, you know, you name it. But um, we didn't get wet ourselves, so that was nice. It, I could have been in an executive box here, and actually, you know, it was... We were dry, so that was, that was all I was worried about, really. Um, more, more so than what was going on on the pitch. No, that's not true at all. Um, so that was the first half. We're going and we're one down. Uh, anything else you guys want to say, Gerald, first then, Nick? Yeah, just um, you, you alluded to it slightly, but I, I just want to pick out that, that last year they lost two games at home, Brentford. They lost uh, 2 1 to Newcastle. And they, the only time they got thumped was by Arsenal, and obviously Arsenal were a very good side last year. So, but the, the, I mean, they did the, the double over City um, last season. They lost, they beat Man United, they beat Liverpool, and they beat Brighton um, last year uh, at home. So that's, I, I, I'm pretty sure. I said, did I say one-one last week? I, I was, you know, I, you I, I, I honestly, honestly thought that a draw, a draw was a good result for us over there. Yeah, sure. It's interesting you say that, Ian. I'm coming to you in a sec. Um, Lee Lockwood just pointed out a stat that I'd already seen uh, posted yesterday. Do you realise that Crystal Palace are the only team that haven't lost against Brentford since they've been back in the uh, Premier League? Um, Ian, yeah, just on that, wasn't there a stat saying that it's the first fixture where the first five in the top division have been all draws? That's right. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy with uh, I'm happy with the point. I, I I would soon, especially after the first half. What I was going to ask is what your guys' thoughts were on the impact of the formation on Roy's tactics in the first half as to as to how you know they dominated us for large periods of that, didn't they? Yeah, um, I, I think um, from what uh, Anderson said in a post-match interview, they did change it up at half time. Um, and um, we played traditionally, I think, with with both our defensive midfielders together deep. It's, and then the second half, we played with a three across the middle. Was that your understanding, Nick? Is that what you were going to yeah, say? Yeah, it was actually something Roy covered uh, his post-match press conference that, Ian, you're quite right to highlight it because it's something that uh, he said that he didn't pick it up, Ray Lewington didn't pick it up, and the players didn't pick it up. They actually got it from the guy standing on the on the side of the pitch, uh, the Palace guy standing on the side of the pitch with all these formations on his iPad. And he said he, he gave me a, a little word in my ear two minutes before the end of the half. Oh, if you do X, Y, and Z, and one of it was putting as a out wide right, and he said it's going to create a funnel through the middle, so they won't have so much exposure to the Brentford coming onto them. Uh, and that's exactly what happened because it really was a game of two halves. Because the second half, as he is going to go through in a second, uh, it was is a completely dominant performance by us. Yeah, yeah, we we were better in the second half for sure. Um, and um, you know, again, started brightly. Um, um, actually, they they had the first attack, I think, in the second half, if I remember rightly. And uh, you know, you think, oh goodness me, you know, you really don't want to go two goals down uh, early on in the second period. Uh, a couple of scares, but again, that was up the other end to where I was, so didn't see it that closely. But Ayo, Ayo had a mazy run himself. He, he won a corner. Uh, and, you know, our stats were better than theirs. We'll come to the stats at the end. But, you know, our stats were, were slightly better, especially as our possession, I think, over the whole game was 40% to their 60. 
Um, and then Eze goes to ground in the box. Um, again, a run. He's like in the in the 10 position. He, he goes to ground in the box. It wasn't a, a penalty in my mind. It wasn't like the one on, on Monday night where I did think we had a good shout for a pen, but, but this one wasn't particularly. Um, but he did go to ground. And then one of the best things, I think, of the, the, the second half was um, Edward's free kick. Um, you know, they line up for get free kick on the edge of the box and you think, oh, who's going to take it then? You expect Eze to take it. But Edouard steps up. Now, he's at the goalkeeper, OK, and he dealt with it fairly comfortably, the kind of save you'd expect him to make. But at least he gets it up and over the wall with a reasonable amount of power and on target and forcing that save. And, and that's all I ask of anyone taking a, a, a free kick around the box, that we at least hit the target and force that save. And on another day, if he gets the, if he gets the angle slightly differently and he can get it in a corner, it's a goal. You know, it's, it's, it's a good effort in my book, for sure. Um, shortly after that, I think it was shortly after that, or maybe shortly before I, I got mixed, on the Palace player highlights I watched back, they didn't cover this aspect, but it was on match of the day with Lerma's header from a corner. Really good header, forced a fine save from their keeper, who parried it to the side, and Ayu followed through, and he made a second save. Um, and, um, you know, we were now knocking on the door at this stage. And Anderson, um, of course, he got his man of the match in the end, rightly so. He scored the goal, but he made the goal himself. I know, you know, he's, he's picking the ball up in, in, and they've got 10 behind the ball, um, you know, defending their goal. He, he slides it into uh, Jordan Ayew, who, who had the presence to, to see his run and pass it back to him. And, you know, I don't know whether he's intending to shoot there or not, um, or whether he's just trying to slide it across the goal. Um, but, you know, the defender and the keeper get themselves muddled up and it goes through the keeper's legs and it just sort of trickles over the line. Um, and in the ground, you're sort of quite, not quite sure, has it been given uh, or not? But most of us could see that it actually had gone over the line. It was a fairly long way over the line. And uh, he, he peels away to celebrate. Should have gone over our side, though, shouldn't he? Rather than celebrate in front of the Brentford fans, that side, he could have peeled away the other way and come to us a lot. Anyway, gel. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, the actual way that he, when he slid in and and, uh, and scored, put it through the goalkeeper's legs, he'd probably done at least three of those challenges throughout the game. I think that was that was the order of the day, really. Um, I mean, on another day, it's, you're going to get a more wily opponent who will leave a leg there and he's going to get cards or sent off or whatever. We've seen it before. But, yeah, I, I, I thought he was... So committed, and that just that was what that was. That was all about commitment. That was of, of making the run, getting the one, so carrying on the determination of, 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 of you know, just the sheer will. You could see him the whole game, he was he was really, really up for it yesterday. Sure, can I just jump, jump in, Ian? I'm gonna let you finish the, the game off in the second half, but the other Ian, Ian Lyons, because we haven't had you on the show for weeks and weeks and weeks. You and I haven't had an opportunity to talk about what I'm about to ask you, so forgive me in advance. I'd like I your, anybody, do I? I'd like your opinion, if you don't mind, on what we have in the Gehe and Anderson partnership and sitting in front of them, Lerma and um, Decorey partnership. That four, how do you see that four developing, if we can keep hold of them all? Well, I think, one, they're solid. I think Lerma uh, is a great... Uh, assets uh, uh, with the Corey, but I think I mean, this is why I wanted to, to come in as well about the changes that were made. Forget this analyst guy. We were all, it was all pinging around on the uh, red and blue review chat at the first half. You know, what what made Roy's return so, so enjoyable is that he just let them play. He let them forward. And why we were overrun yesterday was because now he's got Lerma, he's reverted to type, and he's pitting him beside Decore. So they're a solid four, and they make us quite narrow in that regard, and people have to go down the side. But what it does do is it brings teams onto you and doesn't allow you to then spring forward and attack. What you should have is you should have one of them staying in the defensive midfield role, and the other one pivoting off all the time, which is what happened in the second half. And that's why Eze was allowed then uh, room because Eze was isolated in the first half. Every time he got the ball, it was in the wrong areas and he had no one around him because everyone was still behind him. Um, but moving on to Anderson, that pivot, allowing that release means that we're holding and carrying the ball further up the pitch. 
which gives him the space to run into. And as Gerald said, you know, and Ian said, he was a colossus yesterday. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're ideal, ideal um, conditions for a centre-half wanting to take someone out, you know, and going like this, oh, I'm still sliding, sliding off the pitch. But, you know, he, he was, he was, he played a one-two on the edge of their box, centre-back. You know, yeah. it's, um, it, it, was, it was really good to see. But that all came about from that change in formation. And I want to see Hodgson sticking with that change of formation because that's what makes us dangerous. When we started to run at them, they could not handle us. And they started fouling us, diving, doing as Thomas Frank teams or you know always do, trying to time waste as soon as they realised we were getting on top. Jill? Yeah, the, um, so the Lerner-Decorate partnership is, uh, is a very defensive, sort of just a stronghold in the middle, but... I think out of the two, I think Lerma's the one that gets forward if he if he's allowed to. If he's allowed to come out of the midfield by the by the manager and express game, you know, to push forward, he's the one that's probably gonna be the, the, the more offensive out of the two. And you said that you just said to Ian about what have we got in, in those the two centre mids and the two centre backs. And I'd say three hundred million quid. <laughs> which I hope Parrish doesn't hear that because that's basically our stand. So <laughs> I always <laughs> that, that, that's that's what that's what we'll see. But, but and, and just one more point as well. So because of the players that we've got missing, as in now, both of our wingers, our new twenty million euro winger and our new well, you know, our re-signed sixty seventy million pound wingers, we've got both of those to come back, and they are genuine wingers. Which gives you, you know, which gives you genuine width. Yeah. So I think, I think having Eze to be out on the left when we need him, or out, well, Eze will should really have the free role. But you know, we have got other wide players coming in, and if we're led to believe that we are chasing one more winger and a forward before the end of the window, then you know, for me, I think we've already we've already got them in uh, uh, Hamada and, uh, and and Raksaki. So maybe just forwards we need. Tony Quinn out in the chat is actually asking, let's talk about Guaita, John Philippe Matata leaving, Hendo coming in and all the rest of it. Tony Quinn, keep your powder driver coming onto that very, 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 very sort of shortly. We, we will, we will. Let me just finish this. There's only one other thing I want to say about the game. And it's interesting, you're talking about Lerma. So let me just pick up on him. Um, I think you're right, Jell. Um, uh, I think he will get forward more, um, but he does give uh, Decoré license to go forward as well occasionally. And it, you, you've seen him have pot shots around the box, haven't we? And sooner or later, he's going to get one on target and score a goal. Um, but Lerma um, put the ball into their box towards the end of the game when it was one all, and um, it was a fairly innocuous ball in, but their defender panicked and headed it backwards, and he headed it just wide of the goal. Their keeper was floundering. He was trying to get across. I don't think he would have stopped it if it had gone in, if it was on target, rather. So the point, really, that I want to... I'm encouraged by that, because I think what we need to do more of, and we should have done this more against the Arsenal when we were chasing the game, is get just balls into the box. Causes people problems. You know, they they, they, they make mistakes. You know, anything. Once the ball's in that penalty area, anything can happen. It can ping anywhere. So we just need to do more of that going forward. Ian? Yeah, you're right. Uh, and this is the fundamental issue with Edward. He's not getting the service. He doesn't get the service. And when he does get the service, it's with his back to goal and everyone's expecting him to make something out of nothing. You know, he's got to get, they've got to get crosses into the box. When they get crosses into the box, and you got you release that pivot, and you got people in the box. We will cause havoc. But let's not hang forwards out to dry when they're not, you know, when the formation is not, you know, giving them a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, what we're expecting is we're expecting a Harry Kane that can hold the ball up, hold three players off, run forty yards, and then stick it in the corner of the net. Everyone's looking for those, and we're not going to be first in the queue. So uh, you know, we need to be pragmatic about it. Jill. I just um, are we finished with 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 the game now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Finish, so, finish so, one so, one. everyone was happy. If you if you if you did the pools, if you didn't put that on as a score draw, you were stupid. Yeah, exactly. 
it is the obvious draw of the day. Um, so the, the hatred of the hatred that Ward got yesterday was was so so poor. Um, I, I, I I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean, again, that Shana, whatever his name is, he's, he's at the beginning of his career, and now Fran, you know, probably going to cement a place in the pro in, in that side, a very good side in the Premier League. And Ward's coming to the end of his career, um, and at the moment, I think it's probably the best that we've got in that in that position for experience. So, but the hatred he got was was absolutely awful yesterday. I almost come off Twitter. It's just such a but. But so there's so there's another thing, right? So I was, I was just had that light bulb moment. People are screaming for us to to uh, to sign this player and sign that player. So we've got uh, we've, we've got Lermering on a free, but with any free transfer because we've not paid a transfer, um, they can automatically guarantee a fantastic wage. He will be one of the highest earners, I imagine, at the club, um, purely because of that. Uh, and so, but, so his wages uh, will be huge. We've paid 15 million for Francia. We've paid, I understand that we may have probably paid today 15 million off of uh, for Henderson. And we're looking for another, at least two players. And those, and we're not going to get, we're not going to bring in average Joes. So, Let's just say that we spend fifteen million on on each of the next two players because that's the average it's working out. Um, where all of a sudden have we got sixty million, sixty million quid from? Okay, Nick. well, thank you, and thank you for the perfect seg segue because uh, again we were talking pre-show with reference to the Henderson thing, and my understanding is having a good chat with Cole today is that he was having his medical today. It will be announced Monday or Tuesday, very simply because obviously it's the bank holiday weekend. The deal is as stated. So it's £15 million up front because they needed, Man United were trying to get this keeper from elsewhere that we reported on last week on the show and it proves that we we're absolutely right. So it's £15 million quid and £5 million quid in add-ons. Those add-ons include uh, an England appearance. So wherever he is in the England uh, pecking order, I don't know. So uh, Carl said to me last week, and he was absolutely right what he was saying, that the goalkeeper situation, uh, the Guaito Downing Tall situation, came completely out of the blue. The club weren't expecting it. They hadn't budgeted for it. I say we covered most of this last week, and they, they simply hadn't budgeted for it. So anything that was spent on Henderson – is over and above. So the, the whatever the transfer budget is does not include a goalkeeper. They've been forced into the situation because of the Guaita situation. So hopefully that covers your question. But the, the point about transfers, uh, and people have been asking about it in the chat, is uh, ignore Andrew Adams. I see your point about Henderson Johnson going to Wolves. Uh, not true. I asked Carl the same question today. What you have with Henderson and Johnson are two goalkeepers who are best friends. In fact, Johnson has recommended Henderson to the club. Okay, why would he recommend Henderson to come take his own job? It doesn't make sense. Wherever that story's come from is complete fabrication. You're going to have two quality goalkeepers in Henderson and Johnson. So please put that to bed. There is absolutely no truth in the Wolves scenario, and they haven't made any offer anyway, Jill. So much the same as Arsenal, really. They've already got a number one, and now they've taken Raya for... 40 million from, from Brentford. Um, so, yeah, they'll have two quality keepers. Okay. And what it does mean is that uh, Remy Matthews would be number three choice <clears throat> and young Joe Whitworth should hopefully go, go out on loan because sure. he does need minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I mean, Owen Goodman's gone out on loan, kept a clean sheet, by the way, at the weekend. Um, and Joe Whitworth needs to do the same, whether it's in the Championship or League One, he needs to play week in, week out. Ian? Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, what about what does that mean for Whitworth? But yeah, clearly he needs to get out on loan. My only concern is Henderson is a big character. He's got a big ego about him. As you know, is a bit bonkers like most goalkeepers. But it's how they're going to keep the pair of them happy. Because he's not going to be happy being understudy for too long. No, I agree with that. And I mean, if you, we were, again, pre show, we were looking up their age difference. And what did we say? 
Henderson is 26 and Johnson is what? In, 30, 30. 30. 29, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so what you're going to find is that Henderson will become our number one in time, but there's no rush because obviously, because obviously we've got um, Johnson there at the moment. Anyway, so before before we move on, I just, I'm gonna, I wanna, we're going to carry on with transfers and everything else in a second. Just a little uh, update from today. The, the ladies had their first game at Gander Green Lane today, okay, and they ran out 1-1. It was a 1-1 draw against a recently relegated, thank you, Greg, a recently relegated... Reading side from the cha- from the uh, in the championship. So um, well done to the girls. That goal was scored at ninety minutes plus nine. So a really late equaliser for the Palace ladies. So good stuff. Good, a very positive start for girls. Now the reason we were talking about, or we're going to be talking about the um, transfers, is this. Now thank you, Tom Clark Samuel, for compiling this list. I know you can't read it. I know you can't see it. But let me give you my assurances. There are 53 names on that list, which I shall explain in a second. Tom Clark Samuel does a great job for us on our Instagram page. Please get onto our Instagram page, like his posts, share them. There's the address. It's red underscore and underscore blue underscore review. Uh, Please get on there. Give him some support, a bit of love. And then please comment on some of his posts because he works tirelessly for us. And I'm very grateful to him. Uh, And obviously there's our uh, YouTube channel at Red and Blue Review. 8132. Get on there and look at our back catalogue if you wish to do so. So these 53 names are on the list. Okay, what he's been doing for us since the start of the transfer window is compiling all the garbage on social media, all the crap that's on social media. They range from the ones that we have signed, like Franca, Hendo, that obviously is going to sign on over this weekend, um, but also the Draxler one. There's low, There's names on here of people... They look as though they're just being plucked out at random. Hazard. Yeah, as uh, Eden Hazard's on here. Yeah. Okay, another one. There's loads of them. I mean, names I can't even read. Yeah, Eden Hazard, Julian Draxler, they're all on here. Um, they're, most of them are complete fabrication. Why people hang on every second, every concern that they read on Twitter, when we know it's the most, especially Palace Twitter, is the most toxic place on earth. It's just beyond me, but they do. Uh, there was one name on it, Sasha Boeing, Sasha Bowie from Gallagher. I thought it was, it was going to be Sasha Bowie Cohen or whatever his name was, uh, but it's just garbage. Ladies, yeah, that's the one. And get poor out front. Yeah, ignore that rubbish that's on there. And yeah, and if we are linked with a player, as Ian quite rightly pointed out, wait until he's holding the shirt up. We haven't even seen Henderson holding the shirt up yet. We will. I'm pretty certain that we will. It's as good as done, but. It drives me up. So, Lionsy, as you haven't been around for a while, I would like to know your thoughts on what we should be doing. Because I actually honestly believe that we're going to have quite a busy week this week. The transfer window closes at 11 p.m. on Friday evening. I will be home from work by about half past eight that evening. If it's um, if it's worth doing, we will jump on and do a live that evening if it's worth doing. But I think we could be quite busy. Lionsy, what do you think we need? A prayer. No, um, I, did, I think we probably need a right back uh, for cover for Ward. You know, I know that it was, uh, well, he didn't have his greatest game yesterday, but um, he's been solid for years and years and years. But we need someone as an understudy, and Klein isn't necessarily an understudy because he, he's pretty much on the knacker's yard as well. So we need a right back. I still think we need creativity. Um, we need to start looking at what all the other successful teams are doing, such as the scum. You know, they've got three, they, you know, they'll sell players and then they'll have someone already already in the club. And if, if SA is being looked at, and as he will be, and, and uh, you know, and I would want to stand in his way after a, a couple more years, um, you'd need someone at the club already that's going to be there. So a number 10 for me, creative. And... Uh, I don't know. I don't really think we need much more than that in a minute. I think the first 11 is a solid 11. It's about squad strength and it's squad depth. You know, start start having a look at some of the kids. Start bringing... We, we've had a massive culling in the in the academy, letting players go that I thought were, were pretty decent players. And, they, and then you look at the under-18s and the under-21s and, you know, the trialists that Texas is bringing in and we're signing up. 
and you're thinking, okay, all right, well, let's see some of them on the bench then and let's give them a game. Jill first, then I'll have a word. I'm, I'm amazed we haven't picked a journeyman out of the, uh, out of the championship. I mean, yeah, everyone laughed when we when we got Glenn Murray um, and, and, and AJ, and they've turned out to be, well, he, they've turned themselves into heroes in just a few years at Palace. So uh, um, just just players that, it, honestly, the, 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 the setup is is exactly the same. It's just it's just more of a quality, just putting the ball in the back of the net. And I'm sure that we could take a, a journeyman or someone that at least knows where the goal is and have them set up by Elise, have them set up by... Because, see, that's the thing. When you've got creative players that can pick a pass, that can... Elise can put it, literally, put it on a sixpence. You, you, you will score goals like that. Um I just, I, 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 I think that's the only, unless we spend, you know, you can take a fifteen million pound striker is only going to come out of, out of the championship or 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 League One. I, I, I just I'll take a complete punt on someone from from uh, you know from, the, I don't know from Poland or, well I was going to say Russia but you know but from our east somewhere, you know just. Uh, but they're 50 million quid for else. I think the difference between Brighton and us is that they've got a better scouting system worldwide. Um, now, take this with a pinch of salt, if you like, but there's a very, very good article about Tony Bloom and what he's done for that lot um, in the current 442 magazine. Uh, and a uh, really interesting read, actually. And, you, you, you know, whatever you think about them, you've got to give them credit for what they've done. Um, now... Our scouting system isn't as as, as uh, extensive as that, clearly isn't. But we have got a very good sporting director in Doogie Friedman. He's done okay. In, his done, in fact, he's done better than okay in terms of bringing people to this football club um, up until now. And I'm, like you, Nick, I'm pretty sure that we've got a couple to come this week. Um, you're right, Joe, and as much as it's the championship we need to look at, possibly, or other players at Premier League clubs that are surplus to requirements. So, for example, um, Danny Ings is now linked with Everton. Um, I don't know, you know, whatever you think of Danny Ings, he's a, he's a, he's a finisher, he's a kind of guy that knows where the goal is. Um, the relegated clubs, uh, in Ian Acho from Leicester, uh, we've been linked with him, and Shea Adams, uh, Southampton, who's also been linked with Everton. So, uh, you know, I said last week, I think the, the key position we need to fill in this window is a striker to compete with Odson Edward. Uh, and then if Mateta wants away, then let him go. That said, Mateta's body language yesterday didn't lead me to believe that he was going anywhere. Because yeah. Mateta, when he's on the pitch, he is all about this with the fans and come on, Palace fans, get behind us. And they do like him and boom, 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 as soon as he comes on and all that. Um, so, uh, you know, we do need another striker to come and join this football club. I think the, I mean, I just one thing on what you just said there, Ian, is uh, you need to congratulate that lot's uh, recruitment setup. I'd actually slightly disagree with that. What you need to do is congratulate their selling department. I mean, look both, at look at Cassiado or whatever his name is. He has been absolute dog shit for Chelsea since he's been there. He hasn't put a ball. It's been rubbish. Even the Chelsea fans. Okay, we paid 115 million. And who's the guy? Who's the centre off that they sold to Arsenal? Uh, ben White. Ben White. Ben White. Average player. And they pulled his. They, they pulled Brighton. No, Cassiado. Chelsea had their pants pulled down. And I mean, here we go. The boys are the boys are back in town. The old the old ultras are going for me. Go for it. Uh, Ian Lyons first, then John, coming you. Right, no, yeah, but I listen. Don't get me wrong. People are over. They are pulling people's pants down for players for wage-wise. What it's doing is we should be saying, and that's right. People are coming for Decore. Decore's stats are pretty much identical for, to Casado's. So why anyone, all the papers are suddenly thinking that we can get, they can Liverpool can put in a bid for seventy million is a joke. So ninety million, we'll start talking. But you can't. The guy, the guy just played for like thirty-five minutes for Chelsea. Give him a break. He's he's a he's a decent player. 
He's a no, day. He, he played on Friday night as well. He was rubbish. Okay, right. but, 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 but he's still, he's, he's gone to a new club. I mean, if you're talking about donkeys, you've got to look at Mudrick, who they, they bought and spent 80 million on. And he's had a season and a bit. You can't judge someone that you can't judge him on that. No, I see you spot on, Ferguson, mate. Spot on. Ferguson's the player, I tell you, Ferguson. Chill. Ben White was was dreadful in his first seven or eight games for Arsenal, and now he's now he's just he's one of their one of their strongest players. It, 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 we we never terrorise Ben White. He's got loads, so he's an absolute Rolls Royce, I think. But getting on to that, he's de- de- a, a lot of. Uh, what allows for a scouting network to work properly is Chelsea have given Brighton 222 million in in uh, in two years, and Liverpool have given uh, 45 million for McAllister. Uh, whether or not they're going to be involved in the in the slush fund, the, the, the debt slush fund that is the Premier League, where everyone owes everyone tens of millions, I don't know. I can't imagine Brighton, you know, Tony Bloom. He's hugely astute businessman, and I think like us, we can't be waiting for you know we we sell a player for fifty million. That was when we sold Aaron. We got that money. It was it was as simple as that because otherwise it was no point. There's no point taking twelve million pound for the next you know three years and then and then the balloon payment and, and on the fourth year. It just doesn't work for clubs like us. So you know. Um, Brighton have received the best part of 300 million um, off of the Premier League, but they're going to get it in bits. But they are starting to, to, to look at, you know, their scouting network is is vast. But again, as 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 much as it, it doesn't pay me to say, because it's never been a massive thing for me with Brighton, but I mean, for, for once, they're in front of us and we can, for once, learn from them. Um, wow. I'm going to come in here if I may, Nick and Joe, yeah. because um, Andrew Adams um, um, says, are we the new Chelsea signing up youngsters and getting decent loan fees? John Knox, uh, please, can we stop talking about that lockdown on the South Coast? I apologise. Partly my fault for introducing the subject, but it is important that we do compare ourselves with some of the teams around us um, that we're competing with in the Premier League. Um, Dawn says, who cares about Chelsea? Yeah, um, look. That we're not wrong. They've spent far too much money. Um, we're never going to spend that amount of money. Even a club like Bournemouth, I saw that go through earlier. They've spent over hundred million in this window. Oh. Bournemouth, little old Bournemouth, ridiculous. I know. So we do have to spend some money, and we do have to uh, to sign a couple more players. Now, I'd be interested in the chat. Who else would you sign for Crystal Palace in this window? So this isn't just about us lot. You guys are watching this. Who else? You know, we mentioned Shay Adams. We mentioned uh, Ian Acho, um, Danny Ings. Who else would you want to see come into this football club? Right. So I've got Ian. Before you go, I've got I've, I've got a couple more questions for you guys, and I would like your opinions, please. Let's work hypothetically. It's now one minute past eleven on Friday evening, and there's been no incomings. No more incomings. So Henderson has signed. Okay. Franca is on the sidelines, as we know, and Lerma on a free. Two questions, same person I'm talking I'm talking about. Okay. Were you concerned at all this week in, in the pictures that were released with the club with Dougie Freeman holding up two shirts with two Saudi guys and the possible links to Saudi Arabia? Would that there you go? That picture there. Uh, that filled me with absolute dread when I saw it. Um, so is that what our sporting director is do- doing in the background? Uh, otherwise, so if we only bring in the players that I've just stated, would that then concern you? Uh, Ian, I know you're going to, Ian no, uh, Lyons, I know you're going to give me a, a real positive spin on this, but what do you think of that picture? And I, it, it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I don't want anything to do with their blood money. Ian Lyons, go. Firstly, with regards to asking people about what players, what about if we sign no one else? You know, would you rather that we spent money on quality players rather than getting the likes of Jimmy Kebe in again? Right, uh, the Saudi link, uh, well, a- alleged connection, I don't know. Um, maybe they they buy Jordan I for like 300 million. I'll be happy with that. Right, okay. Jill? So, so 
we were heavily linked, even though it, it, it's now documented again that, that Newcastle, now they don't have any more money to spend um, because they took Hall instead of us getting in loan. Um, would you not have taken the money if they'd have offered £50 million for Anderson? Would you not have taken their, their blood money? I'm only asking. I'm not sucking a piece. I'm just saying. Because, well, for, a start, for a start, I don't think it's enough for Anderson. You know, but, no, oh, well, you know. Okay, whatever amount of money, would you take it off of Newcastle? Yeah, of course you would. It's, well, there you go. So there's, no, there's nothing different. There's nothing different at all in a different part of, of the Middle East where the money comes from, Qatari money, Saudi money, whatever money. I disagree. I disagree. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you for why I disagree with you, Joe, is because I don't want them, if there's any thought process behind the scenes that... Um, Dougie's buttoning them up as potential investors in our club. I don't want anything to do with it. Taking their money for players is one thing, but having them as part owners or investors in our club is something completely different. I, I disagree well, with what you, you said. You can't have it. You can't have it both ways. The Saudis are involved in in European football in an absolutely massive. You know, they, they probably by the time they finished at the end of the next transfer window, they'll probably be five billion into it they, they, they will surpass in two years what the premier league does in five it's it, it, it's it's where the money's coming from there's it's every football football regardless of of where it's played needs investment and and the investment is you know it, it, we've hit a, a huge limit of 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 how much we can pay players i mean if it's true i don't know what it our Atty had or whatever they're called, but if it's true, I heard the most unbelievable thing. And Jurgen Klopp has turned around and said, "I hope he stays." But three hundred and fifty grand a day for Mo Salah, a day, not a week, a day. Now I don't care who you are, you ain't going to turn that money down. You go out there for two years, you can go and buy an island somewhere when you're finished. You got you, you know money talks. It might, no one really cares. No one really cares. I know you can you can protest. I don't want to pay the twelve pound fifty for the units charge. So it's, unless I go and spend a crap load of money that I don't have on a on a new van, you know what I mean? It's you're forced into doing stuff sometimes for the for the you know for for, that, for us to move forwards. All all billionaire money has. Come, probably comes from a bad place. He probably, except for Bezos, you know, and he ain't going to come to the Premier League. So, yeah. so Jill. I mean, this, this is all very, very, very well and good, but yeah, you know, I know this is a football podcast, but there, there has to be some limit here on, you know, think about human rights issues out over there and everything else. And you can say that about Russia and everything everywhere else, but don't you think it's morally incorrect for us as a club, you know? We pride ourselves on our diversity. It just fills me with this. Ian, go on. Me or Linesy. If I just come in, if I may, Ian, and I'll come to you in a sec. Um, I think we need to bring this conversation back to players. You know, as you said, it's a football podcast. So, you know, I don't think you're wrong, Nick, in what you're saying about um, the fact that, you know, it is wrong in many ways and, and the human rights issues and all the rest of it. But, um, in terms of the chat, I just want to bring out a couple of players that people have talked about. So um, Lee Clark said the Tottenham fullback Spence. We've been linked with him. <laughs> he's a right back. Hang on, gel, gel. He's a right back, and he's 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 he's, he's a good lad. Um, why are you laughing? The comment in the, on the screen. We'll come, we'll come to that in a sec. Um, then you've got Somerville from Leeds as well. Been linked with him. Um, Smith Rowe is a good shout. Someone says Smith Rowe is a Croydon boy. So there's a few names in there. I think you know, they're decent names, decent, shout, decent shouts. Go on, what were you laughing at, Joe? I didn't see the comment. I think it was something along those if Jeff Bezos was involved with us, our players would be with us the, with the next day. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Ian Lyons, you wanted to make a comment? Go. Yeah, no, and I agree. And those two, uh, Ian, that you were talking about, both Croydon boys, both young, English, right back, creative the two that I said that we need to cover, they would be ideal, whether, you know, but I don't, it's not going to happen. Nick, I love your um, puritanic 
stance on it, but you've just got to get with it now. It's the the greed in football, the money in football means that sport washing is a thing. We have to either roll with it or get left behind. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we all know what happened a couple of years back when the, the approach was made and everything else. And, um, you know, maybe maybe there would have been a lot stronger views had uh, a takeover happen then directly. But if the money is flowing through, it's just money laundering, just give it a different name, isn't it, at the end of the day, just to make them look good. Look what it's doing at golf. Look what it's about to do to tennis and everything else. At the end of the day, if we're, if we're making profits, we're, we're building as a team, we're building as a club, I'm afraid we've, we've just got to go with it. And my, God, I'm going to come to you in a second. My actual my main point here, really, boys, was actually to do with our sporting director. If we close the window at 11 o'clock on Friday night with just the two signings or possibly three with Endo, okay, are we still very pleased with our sporting director, Ian? You made the, Ian Noble, you made the point earlier about how successful he's been. Yeah, yeah he's had one good window out of, what, four? Uh, I'm not, I, I won't. No, listen, I, listen I, I think if you, if you, that scenario you just painted, I think it would be disappointing. It'll be a disappointing window. Um, I don't expect for a moment he's been sitting on his backside doing nothing. You know, he's, he, you know, he's been trying to get his players over the line. Sometimes it doesn't work, does it? Sometimes, you know, you, you, you offer a deal and then the player at the last minute says he doesn't want to come or whatever it is. But um, I'd like to see, you know, certainly another couple come in for sure. Um, Andrew Adams says, uh, Spence has had issues, um, probably attitude issues in the past. Yes, yeah, slight concern, maybe. We shall see. Congratulations to the overall Invincibles who have just won the 100. They, they are a South London team, so congratulations to them in the last 30 seconds. That is. Jill, you wanted to make a point? Yeah, I, I was. We've, we've gone on from a little bit more, but I, I just, it's just all about your, your moral compass, that's all. It, 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 you know, in life, if, if you don't want Saudi money, then, then it's all well and good. And if the club think they can afford to turn down, you know, if there is any kind of approach from any kind of investment, any kind of investment, whether it's just a player investment, whether it's taking percentages of the football club, buying, buying certain people out, you know, your moral compass is tested. You know, if, 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 you, re if you really do think that, you know, if, if, if every Geordie their moral compass pointed in the in the direction of 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 just goodness. Let's just say as a as a as a good stand up person who had certain values, then they'd get four hundred and forty at, at watching Liverpool a day. The rest would be scousers. But they're not they're not worried. They, they, you, you turn a blind eye. It's what it's what happens in life. People turn a blind eye because because it, it happens to them. And I'm telling you now, hey, the stuff that we know went on behind the scenes four or five years ago with us, with that Saudi, with the people that bought Newcastle, then we would have turned a blind eye. You'd still buy season tickets. Graham would still buy his. Ian would still buy his. My brother-in-law would still buy. And I'd still watch it on the telly. So, um, <laughs> you're, speak you're speaking globally there, and you're speaking for all of us. But I'm going to tell you now, bullshit. I would not be buying my season ticket, Ian Lyons. And, you know, fair play to you for that. Going back to the um, the transfer window, um, if we sign no one else, I think it's fine. You know, as I said before, I think I'd rather buy good players than waste money on bad. And we've seen a mixture in the last few windows. Um, but this window, I think, has been okay to date. And you know, we know is it is it Friedman that's the issue? Is he, or is it Parish, or is it is it the board? You know, is there money there to spend? I mean, clearly we've we've got a little bit, but on on what have we been saving it up? We're piling it away. Is it the the wealth money that we've saved? I don't know, but I'd sooner not end up with another scenario like everyone. We we're all so euphoric with about fourteen players coming in when Holloway was there. You know, and look at the state. <laughs> look at the state of that. That was an absolute mess. Can't so, rush. yeah. So, if, if there's no one decent now for us to buy, don't buy them. And I, and I think you'll find that that's what will happen, Ian, because Steve Parrish has said before, isn't he? You know, publicly that 
he won't just get anyone in for the sake of it. You know, it's got to be the right people, the right players, the right fit for this football club. So, you know, like a lot of people are saying in the chat, you know, I'll be disappointed if they don't get anyone else. And But look, it won't be a disaster if we don't sign anyone else. What's also very important in this window is not just incomings, but outgoings. We haven't spoken about that at all. We've touched on it. We've talked about the price of these players. All these players we brought in for around the 20 million mark, the Andersons, the Gahees, the Decourays. We pay about 20 million for each of them. You know, if any of them were to go, it's north of 70 million for every single one of them. Uh, did, you just and, say, did you just say it won't be a disaster? You don't bring anybody else in? Yeah, I did, actually. Just let me yeah, finish. Yeah. Let me, let, Nick, let me finish. So we mustn't lose any other players in this window. We really mustn't lose uh, any of our star players. As long as we keep them. Uh, but we, yeah, I'm slightly contradicting myself here. I want to see new people in. I want to see the right person. I want to see a striker to compete with Edward. But as long as he says, if we don't, it's not a disaster. Go. We can't. The Wolf money was ten million, two hundred grand a week. So it was it was only ten point four million or whatever. So it, we'd have had to have his, his wages for the for the year, not for the four years. So we haven't got that forty million that we were that we offered him as exposure straight away. Which is which is why I'm surprised that if we've actually been forced to to pay money up front. That we would have already by the end of this week shifted thirty million, plus Lerma's wages, and Lerma's got Lerma must be at least five million a year. It must be at least that, and a new contract for Elise and a new contract oh, yeah, for Eze. Uh, yeah, for Eze. So we're probably looking. I would say maybe the north of, of the best part of fifty. Now we had another two fifteen million pound players on top of that. And that's the money we definitely don't. No one's, we only had that kind of money when uh, when Mossy Space came in and gave 90 million quid for his, you know, one quarter share of the club. So I don't, don't know. I'm just, I've just, got, I mean, I've been biding my time here. And Andrew Adams is saying, Nick, have you ever had a bad day because you're, you're on one tonight? I haven't had a bad day. I've had a really good day. But I can't believe what I just heard. If we don't get bring any more players in, it won't be a disaster. We're going down if we don't bring any. We haven't no, got. We're not. I'll, no. let you, I'll let you speak. Let me have a go. Okay. Name me the backup squad. I'll give you Henderson and Johnson is your backup player. Okay. Either one. Okay. Go through the rest of the squad and tell me your backup. They clearly don't fancy Chris Richards at centre half. Okay. We don't have another centre half. You know, Kelly's going. We haven't got a backup team. In fact, I'm coming on to the fixtures uh, coming up this week, okay? And who are we going to be playing at Plymouth tomorrow night? I guarantee you it'll either be kids. Th th thank you, uh, Greg. It's either going to be kids or it's going to be our first team players again. Our first team players. Ian Lyons, you wanted to make a point. Right. Okay. So I, I understand what you're saying, but you're not going to get 12 backup players, right? So I, it's completely unrealistic so you'd sooner get quality players in. We've got, we've already spoken about the squad um, and the fact that you've got a basic 11 and then we probably need, we do need a few. You don't just buy players for the sake of it. That's where, that's where the academy comes in. What is the point of the academy? What is it? If you're not going to bring, if you're always going to bring, that you just end up like another Chelsea, another Liverpool, another Arsenal. You know, you're just buying players in over them. And then you sell them off to someone else to, to you know, for them to come through. We've and got to giving them a chance. And you make, and you're, you're making a great point, and it needed to be said as well. Listen, I think there's no point having a podcast where we all agree with each other. It'd be boring, and what I don't want is a bunch of nodding heads. Okay, amongst us, the whole point of this is a discussion that we're all entitled to different opinions. And boy, have we had them this evening. So I thank you three for that because it's been really interesting. Coming up this week, we have our uh, Carabao Cup game away at Plymouth Argyle Tuesday evening, 29th at 1945. Then we're at home to Wolves on Sunday, the 3rd of September, two o'clock kickoff, and then. Uh, Sunday uh, on the 16th of September at what time is that? Oh, three o'clock kickoff. We're away at Villa Park. So there's the fixtures coming up. Um, 
it's very difficult to. I was going to ask you for predictions on the Plymouth game, boys, but I'm not going to because we simply don't know what squad he's going to put out. So, boys, what we will do is I'll have your predictions, please, for the Wolves game uh, next Sunday at two o'clock at Sellers Park. Joe, you first. Predictions, two nil. Two nil, Mr. Lions. Oh, I'm not so sure. I'm going to go for a draw. I'll go 2 1 then. I was going to go 2 0, but I can't go the same as Jill, so I'll go 2 1. We'll get yes. in the last minute. And I've um, just done one. I've, just, I've done this. We'll I've done my Super Six, and I actually went for a draw as well, Mr. Lyons. So it's quite scary that me and you're on the same wavelength with something. I, I don't know. I can't bear it. There's the league for you. Uh, actually, that's not right. I thought we were up to 10th. Uh, we're 11th, mate. Are we? I thought we were. I thought I saw. Have we gone down a place? Like, oh, I oh, know. I don't know what it was. Chelsea above us yet? Yeah, sadly they are on gold. On gold time for a long time. Yeah, I know, I know. But listen, uh, for Greg Ellis in the background, thank you for producing tonight. Ian Lyons, don't be a stranger. We've loved having you back on because you bring a a different, probably a a more sensible uh, line than I can ever talk about football. So I appreciate it. Nice to see you, mate. Thank you. Go to sleep, Nick. You've had too much to drink, obviously. Nobly and Holyoke, love you both. Thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen out in the chat, I've been Nick Philpott. They'll be the best team in the world. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Good night, everyone.